Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor John and Pastor Kenny as we talk about the one thing that we would like congregants to know about the preaching ministry. We also dive into their messages on Samson from our series, Sermons from the Saints. We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, well, we're back um, with Armchair Preaching, episode number 19, and uh, appreciate, first of all, just want to put this out there. Uh, Pastor John, this was actually, he took a week off. This was supposed to be his week off. Uh, We conjoled him to come back in and sit in the armchair to do this uh, preaching uh, conversation. So appreciate you taking the time, John. From the hard work of finishing, setting up your home. That's what we're working on this week. Yeah. Working in the yard, working in the house, painting, all that kind of stuff. Well, you we're pick, kind of getting ready for Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, that's right. And you picked a good week to be working in your yard because oh, it is the beautiful. most yeah, nice. gorgeous time of yeah. uh, this is this is why people come to Florida because yeah, in, in November in November it's seventy two degrees and just it's absolutely not like that in Michigan right now. Oh, no, we're, no, no, it's no, not. No. No, but uh, we're um, we're in uh, sermons from the saints. We've just got a couple more weeks. We're going to talk about this week, um, and then we have one more week next week. But uh, before we jump into, you guys were preaching. John was in the classic service. Kenny was in Vine, talking about Samson. Before we jump into the conversation on Samson, I, I do want to just kind of throw out the general topic. I, I messaged you guys even this morning um, when we're thinking about preaching. You know. Uh, there's one of us in each service, and there are between, uh, depending on which service you go to, between 100 and three, 400 people. Um, one of us, three, 400 other people looking at you. Um, what one thing uh, do you want people to know about preaching? Um, what's the one thing that you kind of like? I mean, if they could... Uh, this is a misconception. This is a this is a difficulty. This is something that they may think it is, but it's not. Um, I, I was thinking about that because a, a lot of people respond differently to our preaching, and I I, I find myself uh, saying the same sorts of things to people when when they're talking about my preaching or other people's preaching. And and for me, uh, I'll kick this off because I know it's not an e- maybe necessarily as easy a question as it sounds. But uh, for me, I oh I. I one of the critiques I get is um, that I people think I'm trying to be entertaining, right? Hmm. And for me, what I want people to know about preaching is that it's not uh, it's not entertainment, but it can be entertaining in that it's supposed to be engaging and it's supposed to be um, um, compelling. But it's not simply entertainment that you just consume and oh, isn't that nice? The irony is that most people. Act as though it's entertainment. They give us the pat response. You know, we talked about this last week. You know, good, good, good sermon nice preacher. Sermon. Yeah. Good sermon preacher. Mm-hmm. That's like saying, "Well, that was a great episode of you know the Crown or the Seinfeld or something." Uh, but for us, it can be engaging, entertaining. But it's supposed to be more than that. It's supposed to be getting you to something. If it's entertaining, it's engaging. Then it's to get you to some level of transformation. So for me, that's, that's a big thing, um, to, to kind of help people understand. We want you to be engaged. We want mm-hmm. you to, to get the message. That's important. If it's not engaging, if it's not compelling, then you're not going to listen. There's not going to be transformation, but that's not where it stops. Uh, 
So for me, that's that's the that's kind well, of because it sounds thing. like the opposite. Because it sounds like the opposite of 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 entertainment would be, we'd prefer that you bore us and that it be irrelevant. That's right. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like I I understand that the, the, the and I've seen some pastors who seems like it, it is more flash and fluff. Yeah. Than content, but I certainly would never say that of of any of us. Um, but I think part of that's just people miss interpret some of the different means that we use, whether they're illustrations or video clips or whatever. But I always know that, I mean, our, our heart and intention is to get people to engage the truth of God's Word. Yeah. And uh, and you're right, you've got to come at that in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But what I, about you, Kenny? What's your one big thing? I guess, um, I guess for me it would be, uh, I, I guess I would want people to to always... To, I, I guess it. Uh, sometimes when I've heard people critique preaching, and not not just even my preaching, but just preaching in general, um, and and even as I have sat uh, and listened to pastors and preachers at conferences and stuff, um, one of the things that I, I I want to challenge myself with, and therefore I would want people who are listening to me to, to, to preach to be challenged with, is just. Are you really dialed in to say, I believe God wants to say something through this imperfect person to me? And so I'm really going to be listening for what's that thing that my Heavenly Father has for me today? Mm -hmm. And therefore, to me, because what I think that does is it, it it takes some of the pressure off of, well, this, this pastor, um, you know, needs to have needs to have the perfect sermon, needs to, you know, hit all these different marks, um, as opposed to, just I just want to listen to that. Well, what is the thing that God's speaking to me today? And mm-hmm. uh, and I just think that's a maturity thing. As as you grow and mature, you learn how to do that. So that if somebody's not the kind of pastor or preacher style that you love or that you prefer, if they don't mm-hmm. have, you know, great illustrations or or really in depth Bible study that you would like to hear from, mm-hmm. that you don't just dismiss that mm-hmm. and say, well, if they're not going to preach the way I want. Uh, they don't have anything for me. Yeah, and I just think I'd love to see, including myself, you know, just love to see Pete Christians mature to the point where no matter who's preaching, they believe God could speak and yeah. has something to say. That's great. That's probably my one thing. That's great. Mm. What about you, John? I think that uh, you just kind of ended with what what's been rumbling around in my mind, which is that uh, it's the it's that the preaching moment is God speaking, and it is therefore about God. But God is both the object and the subject of of the of, of the preaching itself, and uh, I've I've wrestled with this through the years. Uh, early early on, when people would come up to me, like we talked about last week, when come up to me and say thank you or nice sermon, when they said thank you to me, mm-hmm. on one level I understood what they were saying that 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 whatever craft that I had in me, skill that I had in me, I was able to be, be a, an instrument to, that where God spoke to them and it may, meant something to them. But so at one level I understood that, and I and, you know, certainly respond to that graciously. But at another level, um, I actually said this one time in a sermon, had some really fun reactions out of mm-hmm. out of this. Is that is that you know? And there's a part of me goes, I'm not in, in a sense, I'm not doing it for you. Yeah, this isn't. I mean, it is about you. You're involved, and obviously, this is the living word of God spoken to a living people in a in a in a moment in time. But and the first thing is that this is God mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. and it is attending to God's word, mm-hmm. and God's word is a living word. And when you just put that out there, my job is to get it out there in in as and like we said, as 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 relevant ways as possible, as uh, as accessible ways as possible. Um, 
and, and with the point of edification, strengthening, helping the journey of faith of, of the people of the congregation. But the first focus is on God's Word mm, and, yeah. and that God is pre- speaking, which means the second focus is on the people. Yeah. And that, yeah. that to me is a, you know, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. So when somebody comes up and says thank you to, to that or I, I really got something out of that, um, I don't say this. I said it in that one sermon. I said, you know, I didn't do it for you. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, that's the last time I say anything nice about your <laughs> sermon. <laughs> but you know, I think they got what I was saying is that, look, I, I do it for you because I'm your pastor, yeah. and I want you to be strengthened and grow in your mm-hmm. own faith. That's what the living Word of God is. The proclaimed mm-hmm. Word of God is, mm-hmm. is that. But this is about God. Mm-hmm. This is about God's Word. So that I think that the biggest mm-hmm. thing I would say is that this is... God Almighty, yeah. mm-hmm. who flung the stars in the sky and set the foundations of, of the of the planets, yeah. is speaking in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. And and in my best moments, I'm keenly aware of that throughout that yeah. throughout the preparation mm-hmm. and the del- delivery of that. Yeah, that gives the weight to it. I think that it deserves yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, and it takes away that it takes away that that audience kind of mentality, right? It it takes away that audience performer mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is because, and I remember the first time I ever heard someone say what you were, what you were kind of talking about, um, that the proclaimed word of God is the word of God, that it is God speaking. Um, we are, to me, I almost stopped preaching after that. So I'm like, wait a minute, wait a time, time out, man. That's, that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, and I am definitely not, uh, I don't have the shoulders big enough to carry that mantle. But then again, going back, it is not about your shoulders. <laughs> it's about mm-hmm. God working through you, and and we are all super imperfect vessels. And it and it's not even about you know the audience or, or the congregation, right? It's it's about we're all in this, right? We we are all we are here for the focal point being being God Almighty, and that mm-hmm. that's a real. We talked about a little bit last week about how the how the preaching is public speaking, but it's not. It's a different you, you, different message. Is forty eight Sundays out of fifty two probably in a year, and it's different and it's you, you know scholarly researched, and it, so it's a lot more. But it's also not a performer audience thing either. It's even though there are all of those elements of that yeah. that are present. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. it can look like that. Yeah. And and it, to Kenny, what you just said, some people kind of lean into that you know we, we I'm, we're not going to call anybody out and I don't think anybody here does that but but we lean we, we've seen preachers that kind of lean into that performer audience kind of mentality and mm-hmm. there are those elements and they lean into that but but it is a it's a heavy mantle um, but it's also an incredible uh, gift and an honor and also reminds me um, that we're in we're in conversation with with the Holy Spirit with 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 God's word throughout the week yeah. on this, and we're just kind of bringing people into the conversation, yeah. right? And, and and I think one of the things that we get to do in Vine a little bit more so um, than classic is we we pray for each other right before the sermon is preached, mm-hmm. right? So when when Kenny's there and I'm assisting, or if someone else is assisting, they pray for the preacher by name to say, listen, listen, we understand this is a big deal. What, what God, what you've asked uh, this person to do. And we anticipate that God, you're going to speak through them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that, that's 
that's hugely helpful just in that that moment right before you're going to get on the stage to yeah. say, wait a minute, this is... I always think about it in terms of, uh, Lord, help me get out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to use me. I'm going to stand this way. I'll be the one speaking, but help me to be transparent to you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and this, this week, we, we you, you both had um, an interesting focal point, again, in our, in our sermons from the saints, Hebrews 11, we're at that kind of tail end where the writer is rattling off a bunch of names and, and um, from the book of Judges to, you know, Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, and then he goes into Samuel and David. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you guys were diving into the life of Samson. And immediately, and, I, and, and both of you brought this up in your, in your messages, and, and I want to talk about this in kind of a general, from, from a general standpoint first. You both talked about the Sunday school mentality of Samson. Mm-hmm. And even when I shut my eyes and think about Samson, I think of that stupid cartoon, hand-drawn, mm-hmm. overly muscular, muscular <laughs> uh, kind of cherub-cheeked-faced Samson that was in the Bible I had when I, you know, that 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 children's <laughs> yeah. Bible I had when I was a kid. And and Kenny probably looked very European. Oh he? my gosh, yeah, yeah, very <laughs> European. Um, and and Kenny talked about the flannel graph, and I, you know, that was that was a big deal. When you guys were diving into, you addressed this, um, the, the, the Sunday school kind of mentality. You both addressed that. Uh, what do you go in thinking when you are preparing to um, talk about a character that has such, for lack of a better term, a Sunday school presence, like a children's Sunday school presence? I'm thinking like Samson. I'm thinking like, you know, David is always the, the, the sling you know, wielding shepherd boy and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the great conquering king or Noah as kind of the, you know, seafaring zookeeper kind of, you know, how do you approach those kinds of characters? Kenny, what, what do you, where do you start with that when you're looking at a character? Well, like I that? think part of it is just to, just being aware of the, the way in which, um, an early childhood or Sunday school uh, or children's church type of exposure to a character will have influenced people that you're preaching to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you're, even if you're just aware that that might be true for many of the people in the room, not all, I mean, hopefully there's people in the room who were not raised in church and have no context for who you're preaching on. I think that's, that's kind of cool that there are those people, but, but you know that there are some who were raised in Sunday school or church or whatever, and therefore you almost know they probably have more of a two-dimensional, kind of a flat um, perception of the character. And so I think in some ways you have to, to try to address that to get them to open up to nuance and to things that are different about the character than they think they already know. Mm. And that's all I was doing with the flannel graph and the other jokes I made about Samson, which yeah. is, hey, you, if you're raised in church— you have a certain way of thinking about him as from a child's perspective, but that's only because you were a child and that people really didn't feel like they could teach you the full complexity and some of the dark things yeah. about, for instance, Samson's life. And so um, I I hope in doing that that um, those people are saying, oh, but that's true. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know as much about Samson as I thought I did, and maybe I, there's things I can pick up and learn. In, in the moment. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do with all of those characters yeah. is, is try to discern where do they probably have a flat um, perception of this person and, and how do I kind of try to open them up to reconsider and look at them afresh. Yeah. And I know for, for me, one of the 
one of the things that was on my mind is that a lot of people, if you did, if you did grow up in the church, uh, you heard, uh, I, you heard the stories, these stories, mm-hmm. um, and I did. I, I said at the beginning of my sermon, I went back and I pulled out my children's Bible yeah. and I went onto some curriculum and I, I read through what they were teaching about Samson, and it was fairly robust. It was, it was not bad. I mean, you don't, you're not going to put some of the, the murkier parts out there for for four year olds. There are a lot of murky parts too. Yeah. You're not going to put the murkier parts out there, and you know. Uh, so they 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 skipped all that, and that's age appropriate. What was on my mind was they they did a good job of age appropriate telling the the as much of the story as they 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 could. The problem is this is what I was thinking about is that most people you know you get to an age of too cool for Sunday school, yeah, and most people stopped sort of paying attention, stopped learning then, and so you had this major gap yeah. between what you learned as a kid and what you just okay I took away from that what you took away from that which was the the scrubbed down, sanitized yeah. version of the full story, I mean, the good, the details, but scrubbed down and sanitized, and you you sort of missed the rest of the details. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was important to, and Kenny, you felt like it was important to. Okay, we're in church now. We're looking. We're actually looking at this character. Let's look at this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is this person, Samson? Yeah. And, you and we ju- did it. We did it with the others as well. Yeah. Gideon, mm-hmm. and, and Barak. And, and you jumped in using uh, um, a movie that came out last last year that that was there was an international bible society did a kind of response to seven things that Mm -hmm. you didn't learn in sunday school Mm -hmm. addressing that gap i think it's an interesting point you're making though is um, there are certain characters and samson's i think probably maybe at the top of the list i don't know if he's the top of the list but you 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 get to that sunday school and then you never talk about him again like no like i i teach sunday school here with adults i mean and i don't know a Maybe I'm wrong, Kenny. You would probably know better than me because you see the curriculum for the adult Sunday school classes in a lot more detail. I can't think of an adult Sunday school class that goes back and says we're going to tackle Samson. Maybe in in judges in a general yeah. sense, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, or even this how, how when we're teaching on something else, and oftentimes we'll cross reference. Yeah, you have scriptures that cross reference to teach a certain point. I can't think of any times where, where you go the back story and... of Samson has been the cross reference no. scripture. Yeah. Said, this <laughs> is illustrated yeah. in the life of Samson. Yeah, Here no. you go. Yeah, nope. no. <laughs> no, yeah, no. That's true. Especially any commendable qualities are certainly not going to be cross referenced by Samson. Yeah, so it does create this this kind of uh, intellectual gap in our knowledge of people like Samson. And there are others. I mean, there are definitely, uh, I think Daniel is probably the one, probably number two, although there's a lot more commendable qualities in Daniel's life. But we think of Lion's Den, we may think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and that story. But that's, again, Sunday school, right? Flat, two-dimensional, flannel graph, children's Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and we left it after, after third grade and didn't come back to it again until yeah. we were... You know, if if it gets brought up in a sermon, yeah, if it comes in a sermon, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Because a lot of a lot of adults don't do the additional Christian education, and 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 a lot of the curriculum that is for adults in Christian education don't necessarily go back and and dig in the same way to those stories. It makes me want to put in a plug here for uh, anyone listening to this this podcast to say this is why uh, Bible reading, yeah. Like a whole yeah. Bible, Bible reading is important because yeah. you don't, you then get the whole story. You get it in in context, and you get it in you get the. You don't avoid these stories, these yeah. uncomfortable stories, yeah, yeah, these murkier stories, yeah. And you get it in, like you said, in the flow of of the redemptive history to see, and 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 I think intense or intentional, not just intense, but intentional Bible reading that does take through the whole 
story of the Bible, and then being in conversation with uh, Bible teachers, whether it's us pastors or other Bible teachers, to say when you get to these points, these these Samson stories, these other stories that are really like, well, what's going on here? You can ask the questions, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can say, hey, hey, Kenny, um, uh, what's going on here with this whole uh, you know honeycomb in the mouth of the lion deal? I, I mean, yeah. you, you kind of mentioned that one little riddle. Both of you mentioned the riddle. Um, but that's one of those things. I'm reading that, and I'm kind of a lay person. That's maybe the first or second time I've ever read that. I got to talk to somebody about that because that's some that's some weird Lord of the Rings level type <laughs> yeah. type stuff, right? Yeah. Well, and those are to me some of the most encouraging emails or conversations I've had with people as a pastor. Here are when um, I'll get an email from somebody saying, "Hey, I was reading through Judges and came across this, and it's kind of obscure. I have no idea what it means. What does it mean?" That's so encouraging because partly I'm thinking, man, that person's reading the Bible on their own. That's How right. How cool is that? Yeah. But then they took the step to say, I really want to understand this. I'm not content to just read it and check that box. Um, I really want to get it. And so they'll follow up and ask a question. I, to me, those are that, that I live for those, those kind of moments oh, where people are really pursuing their own spiritual growth and they want some help. That's really... I can't say That's a bigger it. amen to that because that yeah. really is. I, I think one of the highlights of my, my ministry is when people... You know, in the agape classes, my Sunday school class I teach is probably the most common time that that happens. But I'll get, um, you know, every other week or so, I'll get an email from somebody that said, "Man, I was going back over this what you were teaching, and it's going back and rereading this from whatever we're right now we're in John's gospel." And I'm, man, I'm struggling with this. I don't get. It. I'm like, wow, that you're right, because then you feel like they get what we were just talking about a moment ago. This isn't just performer audience. Mm-hmm. We are engaged in a life of discipleship faith development together with each other mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's and, awesome. and I, I do i love that i do love that um you guys moved um there's there's a whole again the sermons from the saints the odd thing about this is we're not preaching through judges we're not just gleaning judges we're you're preaching from hebrews 11 and, and asking the fundamental question that you're at what we're asking every week in this series that if, if people haven't picked this up is why is this person why is this person listed why is this person in the 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 Hebrews 11 like order of things mm-hmm. so you have to leave a lot you have to go through you have to cover a ton of material when you're going through like a a, a Samson story what are the things that you felt like uh man if i was just to say we're going to do a series on Samson this is the this is the series on Samson we're doing 4 weeks on Samson we're going to cover all this. You've got to do it in one week. What are some of the things that you're like, okay, I'd really have to dig into this a little bit more with the congregation? Holy smokes. I think it'd be a multi-week uh, series because there's so much in the life of Samson. And I think you're right that the challenge for me was thinking, man, if I was just preaching through the book of Judges, I would I would acknowledge that the... That the um, that the writer of Judges is is trying to actually show this is how bad things can get when you do what's right in your own eyes and, mm. and you push God out of your life. This is how bad it can get. Yeah. So I would have went after, I mean, you could have just picked almost any episode in Samson's life and used it as a negative example 
this is what happens when you push God to the margins of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, sexual temptation overtakes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you dishonor, disregard your parents' wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, you let violence rule the day, or mm-hmm. you let revenge be the thing that drives. It's like you could have went after any of those. And yeah. what was tricky is though, even John and I both told the stories of Samson. We weren't necessarily telling them to then be moral examples of what not to do necessarily. Although yeah. we both drew that conclusion, yeah. as we acknowledged how hard it was to find out what faith was. But, yeah. but yeah, so that I think that's what would be different if we were if we were preaching it not through the lens of the writer of Hebrews. Yeah, I think the tricky thing for for me would have been um, what to do with the, all the lusts of yeah. Samson's mm-hmm. life. And and I, I would have gone more into if I had a multi-week series on this, just looking more at the lust of our of of, of, of modern life, yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 what how much much of modern life is much the same as what Samson was doing in the ancient world, yeah. and that is just that, you know whatever was was felt good in the moment, he did it, he did it, yeah. Yeah. and that's what he that's what was compelling him, yeah. and there's and the the shallowness of that and the lack of significance of a of a life like that. And how the the greater, the greater virtue driven by the, this this greater you know, zeal for God yeah. was completely uh, missing from that. Mm-hmm. I think I would have I would have liked to have unpacked uh, unpacked yeah. that. And, it's just, and that's that's beyond sexual lust. That is that that is the lust for vengeance. That's the lust for you know self uh, self. Um, uh, you know, whatever it pleases the self in the moment, which yeah. uh, like go, going after the Philistine girls instead of uh, what his parents want, you know, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. that is, just what what is that? Mm-hmm. What do we do with those lusts in life? Yeah, yeah, so that, uh, yeah. And then the train wreck uh, of collateral damage that's left behind. If you were to think of it, like if 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 whether it was the 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 all, you mean think about how many. You know, five thousand Philistines or any people were that, that were killed there. You think about um, the his own family life and the wreckage that was left behind there. Um, you know, he puts their whole people at risk at one point, and they got to come to the people of Judah, the, the leaders, and say, "Hand them over." I mean, it's just in some ways that's what's so crazy is it was a we were trying to figure out how is this a story of faith, but if we were just looking at judges, it would be a whole different. Thing. Yeah. And I like how you, you, you know, you, I know you mentioned it wasn't the main point because we both got to Jesus, but, but you, you had that little thought exercise in there of um, what, what would happen if. That, mm-hmm. that would probably be a good, yeah. what would I do with this if I had the time to unpack this a little more of this? Mm-hmm. What, would ha- what would have happened if yeah. Samson would have channeled that, that, yeah. that energy and channeled that faith and that spirit, you know, the spirit was upon him? If he would have channeled that yeah. consistently and uh, for, for good purposes mm-hmm. and for the Lord? Yeah, uh, boy, what a yeah, what a difference that could have made. Well, it's so funny too because you both talk about this a little bit at the very beginning of your messages. Um, the fact that he's a miraculous child, uh, another in, a, in a, a long line of examples of miraculous children. Um, mom not supposed to be able to have kids anymore. Um, dedicated to the Lord. Again, you can go back and look at various miraculous children that were dedicated to the Lord, and yet he told so so goes off the rails from that Nazarite vow, from that dedication mm-hmm. to the Lord, um, that it's, it, it's, it's, it's more to me when I was even listening to both, both messages, what got me was I knew all the Samson stories. This was not like Barak, you know, last week or whatever this, I was aware of all the ugly bits, but what, what really kind of hit me in the chest was that 
this was set in the context of someone who was ultra dedicated to the Lord. I mean, so it, this is not just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is Samuel, this is, this is Isaac, this is, uh, you know, uh, Moses, who's, who's saved from uh, the Egyptian terrors, and yet he's a miraculous. I mean, th- this is supposed to be the story of the miraculous child that, in that respect, kind mm-hmm. of is, is the conquering hero. And, and look at him go. Look totally him off the rails. Derailed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a huge... Um, that, to me, when I was listening to both messages, I'm thinking, the whole time I'm going back to this, and this was supposed to be different, right? Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be so radically different, um, which is so funny about Judges because the people that, that do it the best are incredibly, like, they're, they really don't follow the, the cookie-cutter model. And Samson looks like he's going to follow the cookie-cutter model. It's set up like that mm-hmm. and really doesn't. I mean, yeah. really, really doesn't. One of the... One of the- uh, authors that I looked at, and I just didn't. It's one of those things that got left on the cutting room floor. Was this guy had this this chart where he compared Samson and Jesus, and it was so cool to see some of the parallels and similarities, but then the the divergence. Um, but it was you know both both miracle births, both called by God from the very beginning, commissioned with a mission, uh, both given the Spirit of God to kind of empower that mission, but then that then the divergence. You know, Samson is ruled by lust and uh, violence and revenge. Jesus is controlled by love and his father's will. And then, you know, it comes back to they both die mm-hmm. at the end. You know, his is in an act of vengeance. And Jesus, you know, I, that, that is one line that I did steal right there at the end is that, you know, Samson, Samson died to kill God's enemies where Jesus died to save God's enemies. Yeah, I love that line. But but yeah. but once again that would have been a cool thing just mm-hmm. for people to see that once again it is Jesus is fulfilling everything that none of these judges or none of these characters could fulfill. Yeah. But it is crazy to see that some of there's the parallels of the potential of what yeah. could and, have and been. And that is always lurking in the background of all of these these stories is that even the book of Judges where you have these high moments where something happens the enemies are defeated the very things that Hebrews 11 is looking at you end up at the end of the book of Judges with, and I think one of you put yeah. it in your sermon last week or week before, which uh, that that great line from the end of the book of Judges: yeah, "Everybody did what seemed right in their own eyes," yeah. and there was which no is king. the recipe of for yeah. disaster. Yeah. yeah, and then the then the rise of the monarchy begins, and and you know how that turns out. There's yeah. there, that also was a, mm-hmm. was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, in the, in the arc of salvation history, is this this is all. P- Building towards Jesus, yeah. yeah, saying that the humanity was just, just broken, and the the ultimate work that God did to, to restore it was in yeah. was in Jesus. So that's yeah. always lurking in the background. Is that yeah. we see these weaknesses and frailties of these individuals, but in, in my mind, yeah, but that's you know even Hebrews eleven says that's because they were missing something. They were missing yeah. something, we which got... really becomes the in some ways what you're saying is true about how to read the whole Bible. The writer of Hebrews knows that. And and so even as as even as the writer of Hebrews is writing chapter eleven, he knows he's building up to that same point that his goal is to get us to Hebrews twelve mm-hmm. to focus on Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that is a cool. Well, and that's kind of we're going to tie up the series this Sunday. Uh, Kenny will be in the classic service. Um, I'll, I'll be finishing up in the Vine service. Um, we'll be finishing up, and then December first rolls around, and we are in Advent, and so we'll have a whole new series come come that. But uh, for those that are listening, if you have missed any one of the messages and sermons from the saints, check it out on our website, fpclakeland.org, or on our YouTube page. Just search for FPC Lakeland, and you can see both Vine and Classic sermons um, each and every week. If you've missed any of one of the podcasts, 
We are on Apple uh, Podcasts. We are on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts or SoundCloud. Or you can always go to fpclakeland.org and hear past episodes. John, thanks for taking some time out of your time off to come and talk to us today. Thanks. We're looking forward to you guys coming over and help paint today. <laughs> I think I think nice. I, I think I got nice. I think I've got, a, I've got an emergency that just came up. <laughs> yeah, thank thank you, Kenny, as always, yeah, and uh, we'll we'll sit down and we'll talk again next week. Thanks Sounds again. Good.